turned off right. Matthew 28, 16 through 20, the Great Commission. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. to go but before I leave go tell the world about me I was dead but now I live I've got to go now for a little while the good much to do here before you leave so go tell the world about me for I was dead but now I live I've gotta go now for a little while the
thank you all for that beautiful message this morning. Join me as we pray. Father, we're grateful for your love to us. We're grateful for your grace. We're grateful for your mercy. Thank you for your presence in this place today. And may we honor you with our music and with our spoken words and everything that we do. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for worship. We are glad you're here. We're glad you've chosen to worship with this church family today. And we pray, like we always do every week, that you feel God's presence as we lift our voices in praise and as we listen to the scripture and as we listen to the spoken word. But again, thank you for being here. If you're a guest, it's first-time guest, we welcome you. And we would remind you that if you'll go by the Welcome Center, there's a gift for you out there. Uh, just pick up one of the bags on the end of the Welcome Center, and there's some information inside there. But we're glad to have you with us today. And if you will uh, take your phone and, and uh, take a look at the QR code in front of you, it'll give you a digital connect card. That's for our first-time guests. And it'll also give you some news and announcements and prayer requests uh, that are urgent on our prayer list. But again, we are glad you're here. And we welcome you if you've just joined us by live stream. We welcome you too. And we pray the same thing for you, that as you're at home worshiping, that you feel God's presence today. Take a moment to stand and greet those around you, and then we'll sing together, How Great Thou Art.
Martin. for 
Amen. What, what beautiful music and beautiful words. And He is holy, and because He is holy, we are to be holy, to be set apart, to be different, and that we are built on the firm foundation of the love of Jesus Christ. And I hope that you're here today to build your life on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and His love. Every week, whether you're worshiping here in person or worshiping with us online, we have a time of prayer. And certainly this altar is open for people to come and to kneel or to stand, or you can stand from your seats. You can pray from wherever you are. Maybe you're camping this weekend or you're at the beach or wherever you are, you can pray. But I want to give a special invitation today. I know some of our students have already started back to school. Some will be starting this week. Some will be going to college this week and next. And uh, I want to invite any students, parents, teachers, faculty, administrators to come join me at this altar. And I want to pray for you that it would be a safe, and victorious year, that it'd be a great year. Or maybe you're a grandparent, you want to pray for your grandchild. However the Holy Spirit leads, and we have many other needs, but if you would like to come join me for prayer, I invite you to come at this time. As we lift up our prayers together, won't you come pray with me? Father, in the words of this beautiful hymn, learning to lean, learning to lean, I'm learning to lean on Jesus, finding more power than I ever dreamed. I'm learning to lean on him. And Father, we come praising you and thanking you for your faithfulness. Thank you for being a holy God. Thank you that we can build our lives upon the firm foundation of your sacrificial unconditional love all the glory belongs to Jesus you are the only one worthy to be praised and we have come to acknowledge how great you truly are and father we give you all the glory for being a faithful loving forgiving understanding patient God and father today I lift up every person at this altar I pray for people praying from their seats or, or praying from their homes or wherever they might be. Father, you know what our need is. And we pray, Father, for a miracle of healing and people that are battling sickness and illness. We have some people in need of a miracle. Father, we pray that your divine healing hand would heal them if it be your will. Father, bless those who are going through treatments, that you would use the treatments, they would be successful. Father, bless others that are experiencing relationship struggles, reconcile differences, heal families. Father, we pray 
a special prayer today for our students, for their parents, for teachers, administrators, faculty. Father, that this would be a safe and good year, that, Father, you would bring protection from this virus, protection from evil, protection from harm. Father, I pray that they would know that they're not alone, that you promised to be with us and be with them. Father, bless students that are going off to college, maybe for the first time. Remove any anxiousness or fear and give them a spirit of your power, of your love, and your self-discipline or sound mind in Christ. Father, I pray that you would just put a hedge of protection around all of our schools, all of our colleges, all of our universities. Father, I pray that our students would be witnesses for Jesus. And they, like the song they just sang, would go tell the good news of Jesus Christ and his love. Father, we pray for this country. We need revival. You're our only hope. And I pray, Lord, that our country would turn back to you. And Father, that you would just bring spiritual renewal and awakening. Father, bless this church and all the churches. It's difficult ministering through such uncertain times. But one thing we know for sure, you are our only hope. So we must place our trust in you. Protect our families. Protect, God, each person here that we might truly be men and women and young people of faith. And I just pray, God, if there are those here today or watching that have never trusted in you, may today be the day of salvation for some, for many. And may Christians have their hearts renewed and they would come back to you. Lift us from our complacency. Wake us up from our spiritual slumber. Get us back in the race, back in the game, living and running and serving Jesus. And Lord, I just pray that you would continue to move through this service. Forgive me or forgive us of any sin that would hinder. Help us to have a pure and holy word from you that would go straight from your heart to our hearts. Lord, I pray you would just bless our musicians as they lead and speak through your servant and the power of your word that we would all be drawn closer to you. For we love you, we praise you, we need you, and we pray all these things asking in the strong name of Jesus. We, we commit this school year to you. We commit this service to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And as you're doing that, I'm grateful the choir is here to lead us. Thank you all for being here to lead us. If you have your Bible, we'll begin reading in verse 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. 
Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Amen. Thank you all for leading us in that beautiful song. And thank you again for being here today, allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. A young student, a young boy, was coming home from his first day at school. And later that night, he was trying to uh, make a deal with his parents. He said, after going through the pressures of kindergarten, I deserve to stay up past 8 o'clock. That's it. That's the joke. This test. After going through the pressures of kindergarten, I deserve to stay up past 8 o'clock. That sounds so familiar as my youngest daughter has tried to make deals about staying up later. When school starts, you got to go to bed earlier. But how many of y'all have been watching the Olympics? Anybody been watching the Olympics for about the last two weeks? We have been watching on a variety of channels on many different stations, a, a large variety of sports, of Olympic sports going on in Tokyo, Japan. And maybe you've seen these world-class athletes that have been dreaming their whole lives to stand on the platform to receive a gold medal, to hear their national anthem played and their nation's flag hoisted. It's been special watching, even emotional, watching some of these world-class athletes. And don't all of us deep down inside uh, have a desire to be winners? Don't we all want to come out on top? Don't we all want to uh, accomplish that objective? Don't we all want to stand on the platform of life and, and be crowned a victor? I think we all desire deep down inside to be winners. And as we start a new school year, and as our students go back, and some have already gone back, and parents again are getting ready, and administrators, I think there's a sense that we all want to see our children to have a successful, victorious year. Yes, they want victory in their, their schoolwork, victory in their sports, victory in relationships, but most of all, we should want to see victory in our relationships with Jesus Christ. And you've heard that slogan, go for the gold. It's my prayer that this year we would all go for the gold. And when I say go for the gold, I'm talking about giving it all you've got to the one who gave his all for you and for me. In our scripture passage today, we see Paul writing the church at Corinth. And this church was not a very spiritually mature church. As a matter of fact, Paul was addressing issues of division, immorality, and moral laxness. As a matter of fact, in the first century world, to hear this saying, to live as the Corinthians, meant uh, it was code language for a wild and unrestrained lifestyle. Paul was concerned about the believers who were becoming more like the Corinthians than they were Christians. They were trying to live as, as children of the kingdom of the world instead as children of the kingdom of heaven. And he had a real concern about these Christians living in Corinth because problems plague the church, just as problems many times 
plague our lives. But then Paul gave some wonderful words, really to instruct these Christians on how to live a victorious Christian life, to go for the gold. And so this message is not just for students today. This, this message is not just for students going back to school or going off to college. This message is for people going to work. This message is for retired people that maybe are at home. This, this message is for all of us. When I think about, again, what Jesus has done for us, it inspires me, it motivates me to want to give him my best. And for us to go for the gold today, to be victorious, we must first have a determination. In verse 24, Paul said, Do you not know that all the runners run in a race, but yet they do not all get the prize? Run in such a way that you will get the prize. Now, Paul used an analogy of running. It was not a foreign concept to the Corinthians. For one, they had observed the Greek Olympic Games, and they were familiar with that. But every three years, they had the Isthmian Games, which were much like secondary only to the Olympics, to where they would see many people racing and participating in many different sports. And so Paul was using an analogy, when a runner runs, uh, They don't all get the prize, but we should run in a way relating it to our faith in Christ, serving the Lord, run in such a way as to get the prize. But there must be a determination. And how are we motivated? Well, I think about what Paul said in Galatians 2.20 when he said, I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. But it is Christ Jesus that now lives in me. We must be determined to live for Christ, that we allow our old selves, spiritually speaking, to die, and that we would begin a new life in Christ. Paul said it this way in Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Therefore, since you have been raised with Christ, that means we've died with him, if we've been raised with Christ, Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And then he goes on to say, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And so we are determined to run the race and to give it all we have. I've shared with you before, I've told my children when they've been on sports teams and when I played on sports teams, I only knew one way to play was to give it all I had, to give it my best. I mean, I told my children, look, if you're going to play, just don't coast out there. Bring it! And I would say, bring it! And they would be embarrassed if I said that in front of I even went up to some of their teams before the game, and I'd say, bring it! And they're like, oh, my gosh. Did he really just do that? I'm embarrassed. I don't know who he is. But in our relationship with Christ, we should bring it every day. Be determined to give it our best. To live for him. Not casually, oh, I'm just happy to be in the race. Oh, I'm waving to people. Oh, I'm just happy to be. No, I'm in the race to win, to give it my all for him. Are you determined to give your all, to bring your best? 
short. Let me ask you that. Are you giving your best to the Lord? Are you just coasting through? Are you just galloping through and not really giving him all you've got? What a difference we can make if we as Christians gave him all that we have. If we really said, Lord, I'm determined to give my all to you because you gave your all to me. What a difference we can make. And I know sometimes we get knocked down and sometimes we fall. But the person who is serious about running to get the prize, they get back up. One of the Olympic races, maybe you saw it, Safan Hassan from the Netherlands. Did you all see that race? Safan Hassan was running a preliminary in the 1500 meter. And she was one of the favorites. But in this preliminary run, she fell down. Did you all see that? She, she went down. And the commentators were already saying, oh, she's saving herself for the race later in the day. She's, she's only um, running. She just has to, to finish in the top six to qualify. So she was in the back. But she got uh, her feet uh, crossways with another runner, and they went down to the ground. And the commentators, oh, Oh, no, we feel so bad for Safan Hassan. And you know what? She got up and got back in the race. And not only did she get back in the race, she won that heat. She crossed the finish line first. After going down on the, on the track, she got back up and finished. I would find out later that she got bronze in the 1,500 meter but she won a gold medal in the 10,000 meter and a gold medal in the 5,000 meter. And so, to me, that's what we as Christians are to do. When we fall down, when we get knocked down, when we get hurt, we get up and we get back in the race and we cross the finish line. And some of you are here today and you've been hurt or, or maybe you've dealt with some sin in your life or you're dealing with problems right now and you say, I'm... I forget this stuff. I, I don't feel like running anymore. Let somebody else do it. No, we all are to run the race together. And you get back up and you get back in the race and you keep on keeping on. If you want the gold, you got to have a determination. But then secondly, there must be discipline. There must be discipline. In verse 25, it says, everyone who competes in the games must go into strict training. Everyone who competes in the games must go into strict training. Discipline is one of the keys for victory and for success. I mean, no training or race is completed without it. No diet is maintained without it. No mind is sharpened without it. And no physical fitness plan is accomplished without it. No temptation is overcome without it. We must be disciplined. Chuck Swindoll in his little book, Victory, said that the undisciplined person is a headache to himself and a heartache to others. In every area of our lives, whether it be sports, whether it be studies, whether it be in relationships, and most of all, in our spiritual lives, we must be disciplined. That's why Paul said in Philippians 2.12, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. 
we aren't a finished product. We must be disciplined. Some people look at discipline or self-control as a dirty word, like, oh, my, I can't be disciplined. Well, if, you, if you're not disciplined, you're never going to be the person God wants you to be. We must discipline ourselves in an unrestrained and a wild world in which we live. And the picture I often like to think about is out of Hebrews chapter 12 that we've shared on many occasions. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, now here's the discipline part. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us keep our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, so that we would not grow weary and lose heart. That's discipline. We stay in the right. We run with persistence, with perseverance, with discipline, fixing our eyes upon Jesus. But we have to get rid of things that trip us up. We have to get rid of things that entangle us, the sin that so easily entangles. Don't you know right now what you need to get rid of? Some of you are here and you know there's some things right now It's coming to your mind. I need to get rid of this because this keeps tripping me up. And I'm not talking about your spouse. I saw somebody go, ooh, preacher said it was okay. I had somebody tell me one time, preached a sermon about the paralytic, picked up your mat and go home. And somebody said, I want you to know after that sermon, my wife left me. She picked up her mat and left home. I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, that was another story I shouldn't share. But anyway, years ago, don't try to figure it out. They're not here. But the fact is, we all should, in our hearts, be willing to do whatever it takes to get rid of anything that hinders our lives from being our best for him. And it takes discipline. Now, I want to share this to some of you all. I was talking to a couple people before the service about going to college. I remember how exciting and how scary it was when I went to college. You know, you, you want to be Mr. Independent and Mr. Tough Guy, but then you miss home. You miss mom and dad. I mean, Kelly and I have already had some tears thinking about our son moves into school this this week and uh, some of you all are in the same boat or maybe your grandchildren and it's an exciting but scary time but I've tried to say look you've got to be disciplined you're going to see things and hear things that you have never seen and heard before when you go off to school but I said you have to be disciplined what we have taught you the truths of God's word, and we've tried to set an example, sometimes a bad example, but we've tried to set a good example of what it means to be a follower of Christ, and you have to be disciplined when you go, even with your time. I talked about, I would get in from class, and I'd have a buddy, and say, you want to go shoot ball? Yeah, let's go shoot ball. Get back from shooting ball, another buddy say, you want to go get something to eat? Yeah, I'm not hungry, let's go get something to eat. Then get back from eating, and somebody said, you want to go to the gym and shoot ball? Yeah, I want to go to the gym and shoot ball. I'm like, when am I studying? Well, the fact is, the one that I was shooting ball with right after class, they had been in their room studying because they didn't have class. The one I went to eat with, 
they had already been studying. And then somebody else, they had already studied. They're like, when are you supposed to, when do you have time to study at school? But the fact is, it takes discipline. Just like we have to be disciplined, whether it's exercise, reading God's word, praying. The more you do it, the more you get into a routine. Coming to worship, we must be disciplined. Sharing our faith, be disciplined. And I don't know about you, it's hard for me to go throughout the day and not be disciplined to pray or to read God's word. Just like I try to exercise every day. I can't sleep well at night if I'm not doing all the things that I feel like I need to do to be disciplined. And I pray that we would understand if you want to be victorious, if you want to go for the gold, we've got to be determined. You've got to want it. You've got to want to live for Jesus, but you have to be disciplined. But then lastly, you've got to have a desired goal. Verse 25, he said, the others, he's talking about the other people run in such a way as to get a, a crown that will not last, but we run to get a crown that will last. They run to get a crown that will not last, but we run to get a crown that will last. The crown they received was a temporary crown that would wilt, just like gold will tarnish one day. But the crown that he's talking about is a crown of eternal life and righteousness that will last forever. And that's, that's our goal, isn't it? Paul said in, in Philippians chapter 3, 13 and 14, that one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward that which is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And then we know Paul accomplished that as he was languishing in a cold Roman dungeon prison, a deep, dark, cold cistern, awaiting to be beheaded because of his faith in Christ. He said in verses 7 and 8 of 2 Timothy 4, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, not only to me, but to all those who have longed for his appearing. That was the desired goal that Paul had, to finish the race. And that he could stand in the presence of his Lord and receive the crown of righteousness that will last forever. If you were to read on those last verses, he said, I do not beat the air just like shadow boxing, but he said, I, I beat my body, make it a slave so that when I preach to others, I will not be disqualified from the prize. Paul was human, and he realized he could fail, but he didn't want to do anything that would disqualify him. He was disciplined to do everything God had asked him to do. What about you? Has God been asking you to do something, to give your heart and life to him, to renew your relationship with him, to make a wrong right, to tell somebody I'm sorry, to tell someone I love you, to ask someone to forgive you? Is there something 
that God has been wanting you to do. Our desired goal, first and foremost, should be to, to bring glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and to get to heaven one day. And uh, I pray that is your goal today, that you would know him. I want to close by, did you all, any of y'all watch Sidney McLaughlin run? Sidney McLaughlin went to UK for one, one year, and then she turned pro. But Sidney McLaughlin is a world-class sprinter and hurdler. And uh, I wanted to share with you, and what you may or may not know, that she won a gold medal in the uh, relays and four by 400, and then she won gold in the 400-meter hurdles. But what you didn't know is maybe that she was a committed Christian. And I want to read to you what she posted after winning gold. She's a beautiful young lady, not only on the outside, but she's even more beautiful on the inside. She said, let me start off by saying what an honor it is to be able to represent not only my country, but also the kingdom of God. What I have in Christ is far greater than what I have or don't have in life. I pray my journey may be a clear depiction of submission and obedience to God. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't seem possible, he will make a way out of no way. Not for my own gratification, but for his glory. I have never seen God fail in my life, in anyone's life for that matter, just because I may, I may not win every race and receive every one of my heart's desires does not mean God had failed. His will is perfect, and he has prepared me for a moment such as this, that I may use the gifts he has given me to point all the attention back to him. She's my new hero. She's my new hero. At 22, she's already figured it out. At 22, she has figured out that everything that she does is to bring glory to him. And now what a platform she has as a gold medalist and a world record holder at that. But she's using it to point others to the hope of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but one day I'd love to stand on the platform in heaven and not hear the national anthem, but to hear whatever beautiful angelic music, maybe amazing grace, and uh, to hear my father say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's, that's all we should long to hear, that we would get there and that he would be pleased with us and that we had brought glory to him. Aren't you ready today to go for the gold as we pray together? Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any young people or children or adults here and they've never taken the first step to live in a victorious life, that they would come to know Christ today, that they would confess their sins, they would ask you to forgive them and invite you to come into their heart to be their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray if it's a 
a college student going off to school and they've never made this commitment. They need you, Lord. And I pray that they would give their heart and life to you. Just, just as a young lady, um, Lord, that I met with this week who told me I need Jesus. And she's getting ready to go off to college. And I pray, Lord, that there are others who say, I need Jesus. Or, Lord, maybe there are Christians that have grown complacent and discontent to, to run aimlessly in the race instead of running with purpose and persistence and perseverance. And I pray, Lord, that some Christians would renew their commitment today and that they would recommit to say, I want to get back to doing things that I need to do, to be disciplined, to read God's Word, to pray, to share my faith, to, to witness and to be committed to worship and, and Bible study. And Lord, I, I pray some Christians would renew their commitment today, go back into strict training. Or Lord, maybe there are folks that have been looking for a church home. This is a wonderful place. Lord, we are here to support and cheer one another on, just like those witnesses in Hebrews 12, those past heroes of faith that cheer us on as we run. And, and I think about the Olympians have had to compete in empty coliseums and stadiums. Lord, we're inspired when we can hear the cheers and encouragement of others. Same way in our faith, we are encouraged to keep on keeping on when we know there are others running the race with us and that they are supporting one another. So God, give us the courage today to place our trust in you and that we would begin to run the race for you or to get back in the race for you. We'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the victories we trust you to bring. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. I'm going to invite you at this time, if you're in this place, to stand and come as we sing a hymn of invitation. If you're watching, please contact us if we can pray with you about your decision. But won't you come as we place our trust in him?
Would you be seated for just a moment? Today is a very special day uh, that we take communion uh, for everyone who's given your heart and life to Jesus Christ. If you're a member of the family of God, we invite you to partake of this holy communion. If you're watching at home, uh, hopefully you have elements or you can use water and cracker or bread, however whatever you uh, can find, but we would invite you to join us as well. And uh, today we have a, a different kind of cup than we used the last time. Hopefully you'll be able to tear open the top part to get your uh, bread out a little easier than when they both were together when you were spilling it all over uh, after pulling up. So hopefully you can lift up the top tab, but know that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so we know that God gave Jesus as the perfect sacrifice to pay a debt we could not pay. And he died for us. And so when we take this communion today, may we remember the sacrifice Jesus made for us as we pray. Father, I pray that you would bless this bread a symbol, God, of the body of Christ who died on an old rugged cross to give us freedom to pay a debt we could not pay and to give us a second chance to give us hope. So, Father, I pray that as we eat this bread, we would do it with a grateful, humble, thankful heart. We thank you and praise you, God, for your love. Jesus' name, amen. Jesus said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after they ate the bread, they took the cup, the cup symbolic of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for the remission of our sins and we pray for the cup father thank you again for your son jesus the perfect lamb of god whose blood was shed to atone for our sins and father we're grateful that your love covers a multitude of our sins we ask god that you would bless this cup as we remember your sacrifice and may it inspire us challenge us to live a more authentic determined life for christ who is willing to die for us in the strong name of jesus amen jesus said this cup is a new covenant in my blood whenever you drink this cup do this in remembrance of me Thank you so much for being here today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. I hope and pray that you would leave here uh, inspired and challenged to, to run the race and to run it with determination and zest and zeal. Don't forget we have a lot of great services coming up later this month. We'll be kicking back off on Wednesday night with the Sermon on the Mount. Dr. Lou Sterrett is going to do uh, using horses, sharing Christ with us across the street. 
excited about that. Then the following week, we'll begin our family night catered meals and a new uh, look prayer meeting. We'll eat downstairs, come up here at 6 o'clock to worship. And then don't forget, as we get uh, closer to our Sunday night, uh, small groups kind of kick things off. We're doing a creek baptism on August the 29th out at Happy Jack's Farm. The number continues to grow. If you would like to be baptized at the creek, contact me or our church office, and it would be my privilege, our privilege, to talk with you, pray with you. But right now we have children, we have adults, we have teenagers. It's, it's going to be great. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a wonderful night. So grateful at the early service today, Ryan Landers, this is the daughter of Nick and Chandra Landers, made her public profession of faith after praying to receive Christ at Vacation Bible School. So uh, if you have an opportunity to tell Ryan you're proud of her and her family, celebrate with them. Thank you all for being here today. I hope and pray you have a blessed and awesome week. Students, teachers, parents will be praying for you as you head back and pray for us as well, that it would be a great year for everyone. I'm going to invite you all to stand if you're in this place. Bill's going to lead us in a closing song. After they ate, they sang. So let's sing together. Have a great week. God bless you.